All right, welcome. If you have, if you've been, if you've been here last, if you were here last week, uh, we are beginning a new series on our in, fa- in our foundations class, and so this is what we call Foundations Four, and the title of it is called Kingdom. All right. So the question then would be is what do we mean by that, and, and we'll get that and we'll get that to in, in a second. Um, but if you were here last week, you know that what we began, we, we kind of laid out at least for you know as, as best as we could. We, we sort of started introducing this idea, this question, all right? And the question that we're trying to answer is, how does the Christian relate to the world, okay? We, we know what does it look like to relate to God, okay? And, and so we, and we've spent a lot of time talking about that. And then last, last quarter, uh, in our Foundations 3, we, we really, we spent the whole uh, quarter, the whole semester, asking the question, well, how do we relate to one another, right, in this thing called the church? But that is not the last of the dimensions of the relationship, right? So we, we, we know how to relate to God. We get that. We know what is related to one another. But we, but we also are asking the question, how do we relate to the world? Um, is there a Christian way? Is there a way to do that Christianly? Um, is the, are the only dimensions of relationship uh, goes as far as how, uh, relating to God and, uh, and among Christians, among Christian people, okay, among believers. And to answer that question is no, that there is a way of relating to the world. And I tried to sort of lay out last week um, that there are, there are probably three, uh, you know, there are many ways that we can sort of uh, uh, address that question. But, but, one, but, but, but what we are going to be doing, at least in, in this class, is to look at three uh, sort of things that we want to become a little bit more uh, better at, okay? So if we are learning together and we're saying, all right, let's, let's, let's try to answer that question. And I, and I said that, that there are three things that, that we sort of need to become a little, become a little bit more familiar with, all right? And the first, the first thing of that is what we sort of began introduce in a small way last week, is to ask the question is how do we distinguish uh, church and kingdom? Now, we, 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 we'll go over a little bit of that to define what that means, but we, we need to ask that question first. All right, we need to distinguish these two biblical concepts called church and kingdom, all right? So, so that's the first thing we need to do, all right? And that's what we'll be doing at least the first few weeks of our study. Now, the second one is, is we need to ask the question, how do we detect the worldviews uh, that are out there, okay? And, and, and I tried to introduce last, last week, right? If, if you all are wondering why we're watching that clip from, from Shrek, all right? Um, that, that, that whole, <laughs> uh, it's still fun though, I mean, you know, but, but, but that's okay, all right? And, but we, 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 we introduced that, uh, that, that hope, hopefully with that clip to say that in order to understand the top level story, right? The, the Shrek movie story, you, you do need to know the underlying stories, right? Um, because a worldview essentially is that everybody has a story about the world. Everybody has a way of, of, uh, of explaining things. Christians do as well. But so do other religions. So do people who claim to have no religion. Um, whether it might be a secular way of thinking about the world. Uh, whether they are what we would c- consider 
uh, Eastern spirituality ways of thinking about the world, which is, which is very interesting for us to explore. Uh, for us in Oxford, right? Count how many number of yoga studios we have, right? Um, okay, that came from somewhere, right? Again, not against yoga, I'm just saying it came from somewhere, right? There was a story of the world, right? That intersected with this one and produced something, okay? So, so we, we wanna ask that question. What, what are those underlying stories? Um, and then thirdly, we wanna ask the question, what does it mean to engage culture? Um, when we talk about the culture, what do we mean by that? And what does it look like for us to use that word to engage? Um, because often that word can, it can be a very adversarial way of thinking about the culture. All right? It's, it's sort of it's the, the evil, bad culture out there and all the good, uh, well-adjusted people in here, uh, which is not the case. right? It's not the case at all. Um, but also, it, in, in a sense, when we think about it, it's not a, uh, it's, it's we want to not think about it in terms of, uh, of being countercultural as, as much as engaging or transforming or what I'm going to try to uh, introduce to this idea of renewing, seeking cultural renewal, restoration, redemption. All right, uh, uh, the, all the R-E words, if you will. All right, so, so, and so we'll get there, all right? Ho hopefully we'll get there. But, but, but we're gonna try to do this in order, all right? So that's what, that's what we're gonna be doing. And so last week I tried to define what these two terms, and this should be the next slide, all right? So, all right, so this slide, so first we need to ask the question, what do we, what do we, what do we mean when we call the church? And I tried to say that when you use the word church, you are intended to think about people, okay? Not a building, but people, all right? And so when we talk about a church, we talk about not when we attending church, we're not just attending to an event. We, we are not uh, going to a, just going to a specific place. When we talk about attending church, we are talking about being with a group of people who constitute this thing, this, this sociological th thing, call uh, the church, all right? And I, and I said that one, one way that you can think about it is to think about it in terms of that the church is made up of the elect of God the Father, right? Loved before the foundation of the world, the Bible tells us, right? Redeemed, redeemed by Christ, all right? And, and, and who are being renewed by the Spirit, okay? And so we use that way of sort of describing that and, and, and so when we gather together for church, we are redeeming, we are, we, are, we are sort of rehearsing and reminding ourselves of our identity. Who are we? We are the church, right? And what is that, and what is it, right? We remind ourselves that we have been loved by God before the foundation of the world, right? We, we remind ourselves and we rehearse the songs that we sing right, is to praise this God who has loved us, who through his son has redeemed us, and, through, and who by his Holy Spirit is renewing us, okay? And, 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 and we don't do that, we don't, we don't sing to ourselves, we sing that to one another, right? When we gather together for studying or when we gather together for serving, all of those things are, we are, we are, rehearsing, we are rehearsing over and over again who we are in terms of our identity, okay? So, 
so, so when you think about that, we need to think about it as, as God's people. Now, that, that is what we would say is who we are. The question then is, why, what makes the church special? What makes the church unique? Okay? And, and the way to think about it is that there are some things that only the church can do. Okay? That there's no other group, there's no other entity, there's no other thing on earth that can do what the church can do, what, what, what the church must do, is called to do, and is the only one who can do. All right? And so that's and so in, in, in so you can say in, in a sense that how you how we are to think about the church is that the church has limits, not not limits as to make us look to, to be small, but to, to, to make to, to, to put limits in a way that says there are some things that, that the church should be doing that if it is not doing, it is not the church. Okay. It could be a group of Christians who get together. Uh, it could be a group, of, a group of people who find some sort of affinity together. But, but, uh, the, but how we think about what the church is called to do is unique. And it is those things that the church, like ours, uh, makes, makes its business. All right? It, 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 in, in other words, it says, this is what we are here for in Oxford, Mississippi. Okay? What? Right. However, however we want to, if we are not doing these things, we're not a church. Okay, we're not a church. And so the way that we think about it is, we think about it in terms of the, the idea of that the church is called to gospel proclamation. The proclamation of the word of God. Alright, why do we preach every Sunday? Why do we open up the Bible every Sunday? Why do we teach from the Bible every Sunday, right? What, why do we do that? And the reason is because the church, that is its central role, its central function, all right? It is, it is, that, that is what it's called to do. But secondly, we can say it is also the, it's also the body that gathers and perfects and then sends out believers, all right? Okay, so, so it does that. So we talk about the word, also the sacraments, all right? So administering the sacraments, okay? So when, when, we, when we get it together and we participate at the Lord's table, we call that a communal meal. It's a church meal, all right? That's why when you're at home together with your friends, you don't break out the, the, the Coke and chips and have communion, all right? You don't do that, all right? I don't know if you do that, but I'm just saying. So we, we don't do that, right? There, there is something significant about the fact that we participate in this thing and we call it something that a church does, all right? Something a church does, all right? And then thirdly, we say it's, a, it's, a, it's the body that gathers, all right, and perfects. Perfects is what all, all, all that means is not saying that we are, that we are perfect, but that, that there is a growing together. There is, we give ourselves to things like this like to Bible studies, to time with other believers, right, to people who are, of, who are maybe more mature in the faith than we are, right? We teach our kids, we, our children in our, in, our, in, in our Sunday school because we want them to grow, right? There is a movement towards something, right? There is an upward sort of shaping into something, right? You don't just bring everybody and just leave them here. There is a sense of movement, of growing, of shaping, 
how about discipleship, whatever you want to call it, there is some aspect of saying that we, that we are not static. There's something dynamic about being part of the church, okay? But then that's, that's not, then, but th then comes the part that we, we're asking the question, right? Because we're not just about getting everybody in here and growing up everybody in here, and that's it, right? There is some sense about that we are people who have been sent, Okay, the, 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 the sense that, our, that our, our role here relates to the world out there. The end of this conversation is not just a conversation in here. Okay? And so we are asking that, so, so that, that aspect of what does it mean for us to go out is why we're asking the question. Because what does it mean for us to be, for the church to be sent, to be a church, you could say, on mission, right? We use the term missions, and we, we, have, a, we have a church, we have a, we have a missions committee, we support missionaries, um, but we say we are a church that's on mission, right? That, that, that in one sense, we have been called, enlisted, whatever you want to use. You want to use military language, whatever, right? You, you have been, you, 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 we have, in one sense, marching orders, okay? And the question then would be is, well, how do we do that? What, what does that look like to, to, to do that? And that's the question we're asking. How does the Christian relate to the world? How does the church relate to the world? Okay? All right? So that is what the church is supposed to be and what, why we say the role of the church is unique. All right? There are many things that a church can do, but there are a few things only that the church should do and is the only entity ordained by God to do. All right? And so our primary role, right, is not to build orphanages, right, to establish hospitals. And we'll come to that because we say that Christians have a role to that. But why do we as a church don't have necessarily these things? All right, and, 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 and that's actually related to how we, how we are to think about this idea of the kingdom. All right, and this should be the next slide. So the question then would be is, all right, fine. Let's talk, we, we've talked about ourselves as church, all right, and we use the term church members, right? right? You go through church membership. Some of you have been in the inquirers class. You join a church and you become a church member. When you describe your identity, you say, I am a member of Christ Presbyterian Church. All right? And that word member has to do with this idea of a body, that you are part of a body. However, when you think about the word kingdom, you are not thinking in terms of members. You are thinking in terms of yourself as a citizen. All right? Your citizenry. All right, that, it, it, that's how we are to think of ourselves in terms of our identity because a kingdom is not just a sociological thing, right? It's, it's much more than that. And I tried last week to sort of introduce the idea that when you think about the word kingdom, we are to think about it as the reign of God, R-E-I-G-N, the reign of God. All right, so not so much about people, but about God's rule, God's reign, all right, and again, right, and, and, and we can think about this in three sort of three levels, all right, and this is really important to sort of 
get because I think sometimes we use this idea of kingship and reign um, sort of interchangeably. We kind of all mi mix it up. And, 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 it, and it's good for us to sort of stop and sort of ponder on this for a second, all right? So when you think about the word reign, you can think about is in terms of first God's eternal reign, all right? The eternal reign of God. What we often, often mean when we talk about the sovereignty of God, all right? When we use that word, we are saying that somehow the reign of God, that God rules and reigns, and he has always ruled and reigned. His reign, his rule is an eternal rule, all right, from beginning to end, all right? I said last week we talked about the fact that this is my father's world, all right? Everything that we think about is when we think about the world, we say it, 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 is, it is the Lord's. He rules over it. All right. And, and, the, way, and the two ways that we, we can think about it is God's eternal decree. Right. When I think about it, I say is what God says. Right. What he has foreordained, what he has said from the very beginning, that that is what that, that is one way that he rules. But he also rules in what we call this idea of God's providence that God is not a God who stands back and watches things happen he is involved right he is he is actively involved in the affairs of the world however wonderful or however not wonderful right however good or evil right even though we say God doesn't cause or is the author of evil he is still sovereign over it all right, and when and when we and when we saying that we are saying somehow, I don't understand it, but the 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 Bible seems to indicate right over and over again, not just sort of indicate, but really drive home the point that God is the one in charge. He is sovereign. All right, and that's what we mean when we talk about gods that that uh, that we have a God who rules eternally. But the Bible also talks about the time there was, a, there was something very particular in the way we talk about God's rule, and it is in the person of Jesus, all right? And, what, and that rule we call his messianic rule. Messiah just simply means anointed one, all right? All right? It's actually uh, providential. Uh, that, uh, that, we are, that we are going through the life of David, right, during, in, our, in our sermon series, because we are studying the life of a king, right? And when we talk about Jesus, right, when we talk about Jesus, whenever he introduced his ministry, he always introduced it in terms of the kingdom, all right? The, the word kingdom, well, let, let me back up. Do you know how many times Jesus actually used the word church? Anybody want to take a guess? Zero? Close. Twice. Do you know how many times he used the word kingdom? 140. Okay? Now, now I'm not saying he didn't think of anything much of church. I'm just saying that when Jesus introduced himself, whenever he revealed himself in the pages of scripture, he didn't come just simply to say, hey, I am going, I plan to be the head of a group of people. Right? I, I, right? Now we say he is the head of the church, but to only say that Jesus is in charge of us is way too small. 
All right? Our idea of Jesus is not big enough. Because when Jesus comes, he introduces himself in terms of as a king, as in terms of his kingship. Okay? So what, how we are to think about who Jesus is at least at a minimum. All right? There's a lot that we can say about Jesus. But because he, that's how he, he, he introduced himself, that's how he taught. He taught about it when he, whenever he described anything in terms of a parable. He called them kingdom parables. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, right? Whatever, all right? Any other thing. The kingdom of light is like a man who goes on a journey. Whatever it may be, whenever he introduces, he doesn't say the story of the church is like this. He, he's talking about something that is way bigger, all right? Way bigger. So how we are to think about that should also be bigger than just asking the question, well, how, what, what goes on here? Right, so, so, and 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 this is sort of the, the 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 next the next step in how we are to think about our identity as a church. Right. In other words, I'm not only thinking, and this is a third one, right? Because this is how when we think about the fact that when we become a believer, right? When you become a Christian, when we come to faith. If you grow up in a church, right? When 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 the children come up here. Whenever they take the first communion, whenever they meet with the elders, whenever they go through communicants class, whenever you go through inquirers class, whenever you take your membership vows, you are saying in some ways that I'm a Christian. And I'm a Christian because Jesus is my Lord. Right? It, there is a personal, internal aspect to that. And that's a good thing. Okay? And, and so when we talk about the fact that, when we, this idea of the fact that we have God who eternally rules. We have Jesus who introduced himself as a Messiah and his rule. And then we also, we also say, right, it, 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 it's, it's a personal, right? We say, Jesus is my king, right? He is my Lord, all right? And it is only a Christian who can say that, all right? Because in, some, in one sense, you are saying, I am not in charge of my life, right? I don't want to be, all right? So... And so, in one sense, we are, we are giving our allegiance, right, not to ourselves anymore, but to my king, my king Jesus, right? And so, that, that, that is a good thing, all right? And that's a good thing. So, how we are to think about this idea of kingship is not just only on the sort of the eternal way, is not only in the coming of Jesus, that's significant, but it's also in terms of personal. It's all of it, all right? It's all of it. Right? I think we, now I, now I don't know whether they do, but I think we, I, this, idea of, this idea of sovereignty, right? If you're Reformed, Presbyterian, and here today, right? I, I don't know if I have to convince you about the sovereignty of God. I hope not, right? I, right? In, in other words, we get that, okay? We get that, okay? Whether it's, whether it's come down to sort of, you know, live reality, we, we're not. But if I were to say that God's in charge, you would all say, Amen. Amen. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Amen. Yes, you get it, right? Okay. So, and if I were to say that everybody needs to come to a personal saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you would also say, amen. Amen. Absolutely. Preach it, brother. Right? You get it, right? In other words, we get the idea that God's in charge, and we get the idea that our relationship with Jesus needs to be personal. We get that. How do we, how do we understand this idea of Christ's messianic kingship? Right? That second one. Right? 
How, how, what is the reality of that? In, in other words, is what Jesus did something that is only past? Right? He came. Great. All right? He came 2,000 years. He came. And, I, and we get that he is coming again. Right? That, that there's a second coming. Right? We're looking forward to it. There's a future to Jesus coming. So we get Christ's first coming and we get his second coming. The question is, what do we do in the middle? Right? We are the church. We are here. It's 2,000 years since Jesus first came. We're not sure how much longer it will be before he comes again. But we live now in 2023 here, and we're asking the question, well, what, what does that look like to live in Christ's messianic reign right now? All right? And that's the question that we are trying to answer. So, 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 we, so people who have, come, who have done this have, asked, have been asking that question and have arrived at sort of different answers, all right? And we want to present sort of three models. But here's the, here's the first thing we need to ask the question, all right? How does church relate to Jesus' kingship, all right? And this is the statement that we want to say, that the church is the impetus for the kingdom, all right? Now, the word impetus is maybe a big, but just think about it as it is a force, it is the energy. Probably the best analogy that I can think of of this is think about, if you, let, let, let's stay within the, the realm of this idea of, of what does it mean to be enlisted, all right, to be part of uh, serving our king and country, all right? If we are part of serving the kingdom of God, you can think about church as base camp, all right? It's where you gather together, remind yourself of the mission, right, what you are called to do, and the, and the work of the kingdom is leaving base camp, leaving church, like leaving this community, and going out into the world, right? Bearing our identity, our kingdom identity in the world, all right? So, and so we take all the things that we rehearse in here, right? Elect before the foundation of the world, the fact that we have a redeemer, the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work, right? We take that, right? We take, all, we take that with us into the world, into all the different places, wherever they may be, wherever we may go, all right? And so that's why when we talk about our identity, we don't just only rehearse it here. In one sense, we take it with us when we go out. It, it is, it is the, our kingdom identity on mission, right? It's going out. And so, why, and then of course, we all need to come back to base camp, right? We all need to come back and we need to sort of, right? Because we, we got there, it's difficult, right? You come back wounded, right? You, you, come, you, you come back and you're like, and you're like, what, what? that was difficult, right? And you come back and you're just like, what, what, am I, what, what am I here for? We rehearse it together again, right? We hear the word of God proclaim, and it's like, yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. Yeah, I, I know who I am, right? And, and, and I know what I'm called to do. And we go back out again into the world, okay? And so without the church, there is no force or energy or impetus for the kingdom, okay? That, in other words, you, the, 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 the clearest expression of God's kingdom is the church, Okay, it's, it's, it's the church. That is the clearest uh, manifestation of the kingdom. But they are not the same. Church does not equal kingdom. 
All right? You, you, and, 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 and so we need to ask the question, well, how do we, how do we engage? How, do we, how does the church and the kingdom relate? So in our remainder of our time, let me sort of introduce three sort of ways that people have done it, okay? The first one, and all of this, um, uh, there, there, there's an Old Testament professor. He, he taught at RTS many years, but I think he taught, taught at Knox Seminary as well. He wrote a book that every seminary student reads, right? It's called Christ of the Covenants. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like, like it's not the Bible, but it's, it's you know, close to it, all right? So, so you know, everybody reads it, okay? But, but he does a, a masterful job in sort of boiling this down for us all to sort of understand, right? And he sort of, and, and if you look, there should be three diagrams. The first one is called the conservative model, all right? Now, this is not like political conservative, all right? We're not talking about that. And, um, and you might think, right, right I'm a conservative. Uh, uh, th th this is not good, all right? This, this is not a good, this is, this is, this is not good. We, we, we don't want this. I'm showing you the two bad ones, and I'm gonna show you the correct one, okay? All right, but if you look at, the, but if you look at this, Right, you can see the semicircle at the bottom that's called the church. Right, you can t you see the sort of the eternal, the sort of the eternal reign of God, the idea of the sovereignty of God. Right, God reigns on the top, everybody acknowledges, amen. Everybody knows the church, right? But if you notice that the church line around the church is solid, right, it's solid, and there is this gap between the church, right, there's this empty space, all right. And, 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 and the question then would be is, what does the church have to say about that? And in this model, absolutely nothing. Okay? It, 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 this is what we would say it is a church that withdraws. Right? It, 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 it sort of, it, it, right? It, th this church loves the word, we need to be safe. All right? Now, there are a lot of things that we need to do in order to be safe. Not saying that. However... Essentially, that's the only, the, our, 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 our way of approaching it is to say that the world out there belongs to Satan. It's the kingdom of Satan. All right? And if, it's, if it belongs to the kingdom of Satan, the church should not have anything to do with it. All right? So all we do is we sort of lock the doors, right? Make sure that we withdraw into our Christian communities, right? That's, that's, that's our focus. All right? And, and this is, of course, very true. In, at times when we feel that the political agenda of the nation in which we live in or the cultural shifts is just too much for us, all right? It's, it, 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 it gets, it, it feels that the devil is having his way and all we can do is sort of go back into our circles and stay there, all right? And, and that is a way that people have approached this idea of how the church relates to the kingdom, right? It becomes a very separation way of thinking about it, all right? And so we would say that if everything that we said about God's sovereignty, Christ's messianic rule, the work of the Holy Spirit, all the things we're talking about is still true, then this doesn't fit, does it, right? It doesn't fit with when Jesus declares, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, right? If Jesus is saying that, regardless of how we perceive the world to be, does not make Jesus' statement any less true, right? So for us to, to sort of 
embrace this way of thinking about the relationship of the church to the world is, is not good. All right? All right. The next slide is what we call the liberal view. And all of you are like, yes, I am no liberal. This is definitely not my slide. Next. Right? We don't need this slide. Right? However, if you notice, this one basically wants to take the church and make it sort of envelop everything. Right? So, in other words, what you have is, now, in, in, in the other one, you have a solid line. This one, you can't tell. All right? And, and in one sense, we, we say, remember we said we talked about the church having limits, the, church is, the church's call is unique. Right? This is when you say, like, and this one basically says, everything should be the same. Right? Everything, everything wants to be the same. Right? If you want to be, if, if you want a shorthand way, right? In the first one, the in the conservative view, we'd say, what good is it that people are not fed or, um, right, if, if they are not saved, right? This one says, what good is it if people are saved if they're not fed, right? In, in other words, they basically take everything and just boil it into one thing, all right? In both cases, right? In both cases, one, one, one says, let's just get everybody on the, on the lifeboat, get everybody saved, and get out of this hellhole, right? We want to go to heaven, right? Get us out of this place, right? So let's, let's, how many, let, 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 let's see how many people we can pull in through the doors and then quickly lock it. That's the previous one. This one, no doors, right? There's nothing distinctive about what the church should be. All right? And, 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 and if a church loses its identity as to what it is called uniquely to be, you end up with a lot of churches who take up a lot of, like, say, for example, social causes and things like that, and then forget about what we would consider the unique distinctiveness about the gospel, the centrality of Jesus. All of those things that we say is also is really important. All right? So... We, we, we want to find a way of saying where both of these things are true, all right? And so this is the last one. This is the last slide, all right, in the time we have. And we'll come back to this we'll, because we, I, I, we, we need to talk about some really important applications from this. All right, so if you look at the third one, you'll see now that the church semicircle, right, the one that's at, at the bottom, is now a dotted line, all right? When you notice, right, you notice that now there is sort of, there is an interplay, all right, between the church and the kingdom, right? So how does the church relate to the kingdom of Satan, all right? Because in one sense, we can say, right, and the Bible talks about this and warns us about this, that when we look at this, is Satan still at work in the world? The answer is yes. Is Jesus still king and his authority to beat back Satan. Absolutely. How does he do that? He does it through the church. Okay? And in one sense, that's what we mean when we talk about the fact of our kingdom, our, our kingdom identity. Right? It, it's, there is something distinctive about us, about the church. Right? We, we, we say that. Right? And, and, and that is. And that's why we, we and, there, and there are some things that the, only the church does. But then there's a lot of things that we would say that are not church business, but it is 
kingdom business. Right? There's a lot of things that are not church business. There are a few things that is the church's business. But there is a whole lot of other things that is kingdom business. All right? And that kingdom business is bringing God's kingdom to bear on the kingdom of Satan. Right? But it does not take away from the distinctiveness of what makes make the church the church. All right? And so we were, we're going to call this sort of the transformation model. All right? right? It's always a model. But we are saying, and is to say that in some ways, our, our job, right, our role in the world, right, as Christians, there are some things that we do here. All right? There are some things that only the churches do. But what you and I are called to do, right, what you and I are called to do as kingdom citizens beyond the walls of this church is what we call the work of the kingdom. And so our confidence as Christians is not just is to say, yes, Jesus is reigning right now. That is true. All right? And our job is to represent him as citizens of that kingdom in the world. All right? Now the question then would be is, what does that look like? And that's and that's the cultural engagement part that we'll talk about, right? What, what does that mean for us to step out into our actual world and to actually do it, all right? And, 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 and we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But for now, we, we, are, we, we at least want to land on, this, on, 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 this, on these ideas. First, that the church is unique. There are some things that only the church is do, that, that, right? Secondly, there are, there are a lot of things that we do not because of our church identity, but because of our kingdom identity, right? And there is a reason why churches doesn't do certain things, but why, and why it commits to doing a few things. And those few things are the, only, are the things that only the church should do, and they are the only things the church can do, and the only things the church must do, right? And, and so that's, that's, what, that, that's where we are, that's where we wanna go, all right? All right, I'm out of time here, but if any questions about anything we've talked about so far? Yep. No, not according to the Bible, right? According to the Bible, we say that, that whatever, whatever ordains he brings to pass. So, so Sam's question would be, right, is to say, like, if are, are, the, are the people who are elect redeemed? Answer would be, answer the question would be yes. But I think the best way to think about it is, election is, in one sense, is God's business, right? How do you know you are the elect? When you are redeemed, right? right? It, it's, in, in one sense, we, we, we know that at some point when we, when we are saved, when anyone is saved, is to say, there is no possible way that I could have gotten here on my own, right? In other words, it's not that somehow on the journey, I became a lot smarter, right? I, 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 I got a better idea, right? And, and, so, uh, and so someone who's elect, always, it's always in one sense a looking back, right? It's always a looking back to say, there is no possible way, right, that I, that, 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 that I could have gotten here on my own, right? There's no way, all right, okay? And, and you don't have to believe in election in order to be elect. 
right? Yeah, right? It's, it's not true because you believe it, right? You believe it because it's true, <laughs> so, right? So we, right? It, so, so in one sense, it, it matters in terms of the richness and, and knowing how infinitely we are loved by God, right? I think it draws us in our communion with God, right? It's not a, it's not a cold doctrine that's just floating out there, right? It's, it's meant to elicit something from us in response to God, right? A lot of times it ends up becoming this cold sort of doctrine, free will versus election sort of, right? In one sense, that's almost useless. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not even worth talking about, right? It's, it's worth talking about if, if, it, if it actually says, what, why, why, do we ha why is it even taught in the Bible? Because it's meant to draw us to the fact that, been that we have been loved by God before the, that, right, infinitely, right? So how we are, so, so, so answer your question, Sam, I think to say, the answer to that question is, is always gonna be a yes, regard, right? But we only know about it sort of after the fact, right? And in one sense, and even if you're like, don't believe it, yeah, it kind of doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's what we talked about in this idea that God is God, God's, God's this idea of God's decree. Because when we talk about the fact that God is sovereign and His eternal decree, we would say, yeah, in some sense, the fact that we are we are saved doesn't surprise God, right? God doesn't say, I never knew that guy was going to get here, right? It's like I tried really hard, but right? Um, no, right? We 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 right that that would that would make this idea of God's sovereignty really small, as well. How, but but at the same time. We, we don't know the mind of God, right? We don't go around asking, I wonder if that person is elect, right? That, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what we are to, to, to ask the question. Actually, that's one of the things that we're gonna be talking about here is what should be the question that we should be asking of those around us that we know do not believe, that we can say are not saved, right? Our question is not to ask, are they, they elect, right? That's, that's not the question. Right? That's, I think there are better questions to ask, and it's a question that we all would have to ask of ourselves. <laughs> right? Um, right? What's my role in the life of this person? That's a better question. He's not giving me a list of the elect. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I always wonder, um, you know, I always wonder when you, when you go back to those churches, and um, so, so Greg's asking the question, if you are, you know, we have a, a long list of, like, fail, what we would consider failures, right? And, and if you've, if some of you have heard the, pod, the, the series, uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, for example, right? Or you may have heard of Willow Creek, or the whole Hillsong, right? Right? I mean, I grew up on Hillsong music in Malaysia, right? I mean, this is, this is right? This is, this is in the 90s and, and stuff like that, right? So we, these are familiar to the, to the, the but, but the question then would be, is, is what happens to this church? And I would, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I would, from what I can tell from listening, I, I listened to the rise and fall of Marcel, I think they, in one sense, the church forgot to be the church, right? I think the, the centrality of what the church should be um, was no longer the center of that, 
right? In, 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 in one sense, right? And you, and, you can, and you can take your pick, right? Whatever it may be, right? And I don't want to throw anything around the bus, because you know, but, but for example, like, like, the, like, 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 like Hillsong, for example, right? Um, I know nothing about the preaching of that church. Do you? No, right? What was the church known for? The music, right? In, in, in other words, if the, if the music doesn't serve the church, but the church now exists to serve the music, something is wrong, right? And, and, I, and again, that, that sounds very simple, but, 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 I, but, I, but I think every, every failure that we can point to probably results from the fact that a, that a, that a church kind of forgets what it's there to do, right? I think it ends up taking on kingdom, right? It wants to make church and kingdom the same, and it takes on, it, it takes on more, and it forgets its limits. Not, 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 not in a bad way, but it forgets to say, what are we called to do? What are the only things that we should do and can do? And what are the only things that we must do? And I think if somehow those things don't become the center of any, any ministry, any church that you can point to, if that is not evident somewhere when you can look at it, that's not good. All right, that's not good. All right, we're out of time. Let me, uh, let me pray. And then, but these are great questions. Keep them, and then we will, we will, we'll, come, we'll, we'll try to address it next week. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for um, your word, and we thank you the way that you are continuing to work in us and teach us. And so as we, uh, as we try to work out all, all, the, all these things, Lord, these are not necessarily easy things. Um, Father, if not, we wouldn't be talking about it. Um, and so, uh, but we do want to be wiser, um, bolder, um, uh, Lord, we don't want to shrink back. Um, Lord, we do want to be those who are confident of your reign in this world. Um, and we want to know, and we want to, we want to be faithful. And so, Father, we ask that as we learn and study that together, that you would help us just week by week to just get a little bit more of what that looks like. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.